Welcome back to Minutes with Monica. I am talking about this idea of a tool belt in association with healthy living. And I know you're already going, what is she talking about? Okay, so for one, give me the fact that I'm uh, work by image and so I tend to visualize things so hopefully I can help you to understand what my vision looks like here but I really believe that tool belts are essential in every aspect of our life so think about it this way have you ever gone to do a job any kind of job and don't have the necessary tools or the skills, right? Uh, if you've ever started a new job somewhere, and uh, typically this might be something that doesn't require a lot of deep thinking, and so people often assume, hey, you know right what to do. Or if you have a degree in, in some area, they just make the assumption when they hire you, you understand what this is gonna look like and what you're supposed to do. Well, without a lot of direction, there can be a hot mess, right? We can have a disaster. Typically, it results in a review from our employer, whatever this looks like. But another thought of that is just basic, simple living, right? Have you ever unleashed your teenagers in your kitchen? Uh, My teens like to make brownies and cookies on a regular basis. The problem with this for me And I would never discourage this because I love that they like to have that independence and they like to learn how to cook and do things for themselves. So never discourage it. The problem for me is that I'm the kind of baker. I get the butter out, I use the butter, I put the butter away. I get the flour out, I use the flour, I put the flour away. If I make a mess, I wipe it up and I keep going, right? So by the time I'm done, I have no cleanup. It's already done. I like it that way, it works for me. And then if I'm tired, I just have to sit there and enjoy my cup of coffee while the cookies bake. So my son, who frequently makes brownies, really loves our KitchenAid. And so he'll put the brownie mix in there. Sometimes he remembers to put the beater down and sometimes he doesn't. Well, have you ever not put the beater down in a mixing bowl? Sometimes you get a hot mess on the walls, on the stove, the counter, whatever. So again, it's this example of not having the right tools or the skills or not having somebody to properly show you how to do something. And I know that seems kind of flippant or not even um, as easily to associate with healing or healthy living or peaceful living, right? but I believe there's a connection there because I believe that in whatever task that we're doing, in order to do it correctly, we have to have this background information. Well, a lot of what we do in life that is unhealthy or creates conflict inside of ourselves is simply because it's just how we do life, right? It's just our daily living. It's the way our parents lived or we didn't like the way our parents lived and so we shifted it. So it's just the way we've lived. It's what we've grown into as a teenager from our influences 
all of our external influences, not just school or community, just all of them. And so it's just how we do life, right? And so it feels normal to have this conflict and just say, hey, this is just what it is, right? And today's a crummy day and I'll get through it and tomorrow's a good day. What I'm saying to you is I think that we have the ability to live each and every day as a good day, even when it feels disastrous. That we have the ability to live in peace through all of that craziness and all of that just upheaval in our life. And I think that the, the first example comes from God himself. I think that he um, set out kind of this guideline for how we're living. And in doing that, if we are able to live through the way that he has designed for us, there's peace in that. And that, I could take you all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And we have this relationship with God and um, in the Garden, right? And he's walking, he's talking with Adam and Eve, and then there's this shift. And and in that shift, there's a conflict within ourselves on how we're living because we've stepped out of the design. And it's just been ongoing from the beginning of time, right? We have just continued to accept or allow these processes to come into into our way of living, right? Um, So from generation to generation, different things have impacted us and we've never healed some of them. We don't know the reason why they're there because they stem from a place that's far greater than we can remember. And again, we also have that external and I kind of shifted thoughts here because I I was really trying to tell you how I believe that that God gives these... uh, the ability for us to be able to live in a peaceful and harmonious life with the rest of the world, even in the midst of chaos. And so I think on our end, what happens is we forget, right? Uh, Not necessarily something we live every day. So we forget that God offers this to us. We let life get in the way. Or these things, like I said, become such a habit, they're daily living for us that we don't even realize that they're happening in our minds, in our heart. And then there's also the possibility that we just don't follow God. And so all of that combined creates this disharmony within nature, but it creates this disharmony in ourselves as well. And I think God really, throughout the Bible, talks about this. And he talks about this heart and this turning of the heart, right? It's this atonement. It's this forgiveness. But it's not just that peace. Stay with me because it's not just that peace. But that's that's an onset of how we learn to live back into this harmonious life. And Jesus really spoke into this, and Paul really spoke into this when they talked about the new man, that we become a new man in Christ. And 
I'm going to suggest to you that it doesn't happen in the blink of an eye. A lot of people have great stories that they can share and they've had this ultimate shift of their life. But no matter what age you are, you carry with you habits and influence. And so I'm suggesting to you they don't just go away. We have self-talk and in self-talk, we bring back everything that goes with that, all of the associations. So this idea that Jesus and Paul have a new man, it's not becoming in one blink of an eye. And it really takes an effort from us to accomplish this. There are ways that can be accomplished with Christ that are far more easier than we do the work on our own. But understanding in this, it really takes effort on our part to be conscious of what we're giving and what we're doing. And in that, it also takes time. And I don't know about you, and I don't know where you're listening listening to this at, but in my part of the world, time is something that we don't understand well. For me, in my culture, is this, it's easy to access. And actually, in the last year, I've been noticing... Um, because we're in, I'm talking to you in 2021, and so we are all aware across the globe that COVID is around. And in the last year, I've noticed that things are not as accessible in my Western world, and therefore, it has shifted the way I think about time as well. I don't know about you, but anyhow, back to the new man. Time. It takes time to get to this place. So science says that we can learn to have healthy living, healthy actions, healthy behaviors through counseling, through medications, and through different types of therapy. And I'm not going to be able to go into all that. I'm not a counselor, so I'm not going to even attempt to go into all that. But I found something really interesting just recently and I wanted to share this with you because I think that it speaks a lot into what I'm trying to share with you. I just read about this, um, I just read this little pamphlet about PTSD and it is written um, from the folks at Mighty Oaks Foundation and one of the key things that they say in their little booklet here is that they take out the D in PTSD. Now this is a specific uh, behavioral and um, cognitive concern, right? Um, Trying to avoid that D word, right? So this is a very specific one and that may not be something you're dealing with. And this is, that's actually very traumatic, very, um, it's crisis centered, right? So that may not be where you are and that's okay, but I want you to hear what he's saying, what they're saying. And it is that they take out the D in PTSD because they want you to understand that they believe, and I believe the same thing, that it's part of life, right? Uh, And that we do have the skills to overcome. And when you put D on the post-traumatic stress, it becomes a disorder which is not overcomable. And 
I don't agree with that idea. I think we have the ability through our tool belt to overcome some of those things. And so, and I think Mighty Oaks does a great job at discussing that and bringing that to light in a different way. And and I love what they have to say about it. And again, I lean that direction that they do as well. But I also have in the work that I do a very similar pattern to what would be considered cognitive behavioral therapy, which has been around for quite some time now. And you can find most counselors, I would say, are familiar with it, but you can find uh, scientific research done in this area as well. And while my approach is similar to cognitive behavioral therapy, there's several differences, and they are key differences that I think in the healing process and in the healthy living, healthy thoughts, healthy actions, behaviors. I think that comes more for me. It's this centered belief in our faith in Christ that develops this new man, man in a general sense, as in human, it creates this new human in us. Um, the reason for the tool belt because I think there are specific steps that get us through this and in that tool belt there are different things that will impact each of us differently because we're individual and life has impacted us differently and so while one step might be really good for you it may not be as beneficial for another person or they may not need to work in that area My idea of this tool belt comes from the scripture in Ephesians 6, chapter 6, where it talks about putting on the armor of God. And if you look at that and you look at it verse by verse, starting in verse 14, 14, you, you see this very specific command to put on these different pieces. And in this context, it's talking about an body armor to go into battle. Well, we don't wear breastplates anymore. Um, We wear bulletproof vest, right? And we don't wear these kind of helmets, but yet in battle, there is a helmet. And unless you're in the middle of a physical battle, it's hard to understand putting on these pieces like the scripture tells us here in Ephesians 6. But I think it's not just a physical putting on. It's a spiritual putting on. And, and it alludes to that in this. It, well, it doesn't even allude to it. It actually very much says it. We fight against not physical things, but against spiritual things. And so these tools that I have designed come from that idea. And my belief is also that this is an ongoing thing that we will deal with. That it's not a simple solution today and tomorrow we're going to wake up into this new 
human, right, that Jesus spoke of. It's an ongoing thing. And I think what happens is you hit this point in life when you just turn around and look back and you go, wow, that didn't even phase me. Because it just happens. It's this progression, right? And you are working through it. It's kind of like being married for years and then, you know, for this happened to me yesterday. So this is why I'm sharing this story. So like for almost 20 years, you have gotten up, you've made the bed and your spouse doesn't feel the same way. So on the days you are up out of bed before him or her, then the bed doesn't get made until you get around to it, right? Different reasons why we react the way we do. But on the day that you'll come home knowing that the bed didn't get made because you were not the one to make it, and you walk in your bedroom and the bed is made, it's like this ah moment, right? (laughs) And it's, I didn't even know that, right? Like I, it's, the same concept. I promise it's very similar, right? It's this, ah, how did this happen? When did this take place in my life? So things in the tool belt that you can use right now. And I've mentioned this in a couple of different places, but right now, one of the things that you can do is honesty. Because I start here because I feel like this is the hardest thing for us to do. Okay, go look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, write down everything you see. Take your little notepad in there with you and write down everything you see. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Let's back up. Go into the mirror, take your little notepad and write down everything that the mirror shows you. That means what your eyes see, not what you interpret. Do you have brown hair? Do you have blue eyes? Are you well-rounded? Do you have bones? Okay, everybody has bones, but you know what I mean. Are you skinny? What? Are you white? Are you black? Are you Asian? What things do you see in that mirror? I don't know. not what you interpret it's what you see okay first thing going in the mirror and write down everything you see now look at your list afterwards anything on that list that is dishonest because the mirror couldn't tell you it like uh looks like I have bags under my eyes because I'm tired well okay or I have frumpy hair not a great description. What is frumpy hair? What does the mirror tell you? Is your hair curly? Is it straight? Okay. Do you get the idea? Anything that is dishonest, you need to make a note of. Okay. Another way to deal with this. The best example is the grocery store, especially right now when you go in and there's absolutely no ramen noodles for your teenage son. Really frustrating. Go into it when you're in the grocery store next time. If you can't take your notepad with you, have your phone with you and use your notes or whatever. Or I really think it's important you write it down because it reflects a piece of honesty that sometimes we forget. 
as you're standing in line or something irritates you, write it down. What was it that irritated you? Is it irritated you that you went down the aisle and there was like half of the items there and now where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Oh my gosh, I have to make one more stop. What is my thought process in that, right? Writing down your thoughts. Where did your thoughts take you? Were you honest? Were you irritated because it was the store's fault? Or were you irritated because someone got in the way? What what things do you see happening at the store? Maybe you were totally content and totally just happy-go-lucky. They didn't have milk today. Oh, well, not a problem. Even though that was the for sale item, I got this. Note that. This is really important. You need to note your thought patterns and the truth about yourself. And the only way we can see the truth is if actually we understand what the truth is and what we believe. They're typically two different things. So the first step in that tool belt is being honest with yourself. I use the grocery store and I use the mirror as examples. They're literally just examples. They're not hard, fast rules. Find in yourself this week things that you do that are an interpretation and they're hard to find. I promise if you're not aware they're happening, you're going to have a hard time noticing them. Another thing you could do, but this is really scary and really risky, is have somebody else write down things that they see about you about the way you handle situations. I would probably stay away from that one right now until we get a little stronger in this area. Again, this is one step of the tool belt. Another step of the tool belt is setting up boundaries. Healthy living, unhealthy living. Setting that boundary, how do I stay on one side? How do I keep from going into that unhealthy behavior? A lot of this is process, a lot of it is working through one step at a time, but some of you are not gonna have to work through certain steps. It is what we put in our tool belt that helps us to do the job correctly in order to reach the final outcome. And if the final outcome is healthy, peaceful, tranquil living, there are steps that we have to take. I hope that you will come along with me in this journey and find out more about the little bits and pieces I talked about today. I hope I gave you some good tools that you can use to get through the next week. Acknowledge anything dishonest and put it to God and let him deal with it. Ask him for understanding. You're gonna make it, you're amazing, and I am so glad I get to go on this journey with you. Love you, have a great week.